Oh boy. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you all for all of you leaders who jumped in and brought encouragement and there's definitely a breakthrough breakthrough this morning. So, um, you know, when we when we respond to what the spirit is doing, that's that's where freedom is. You, ha- you have to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing in, in your life personally. And then when we gather corporately, we get to do it together. But it, that's you have to respond. We, we can't it's not just we're not trying to just get information from God. We're not trying to just get like, let's just get information so I can know about you. Like we said, we need we need response and that encourages and invites transformation. You can only be transformed really in relationship with with the Lord. You're not it's not going to be just by getting knowledge in your head. You have to have knowledge in your heart. You have to have him begin to affect your mind. You have to have him affect and begin to saturate every part of your life. And so uh, we do that by responding when the Holy Spirit is calling us to something. He may call you to something by yourself. And look, nobody else knows if you respond in those times. Uh, Maybe somebody would know when we do it publicly, although most of us weren't watching other people. Just like I've always said, nobody's watching you. They're, they're worried about themselves, probably. So just respond to God. But when you're alone, it's, there's, no, there's no pat on the back that says, hey, that's awesome. But there is something from a father in heaven who says, thank you, my child. Thank you, my son, for hearing my voice. Thank you for, for coming to me. Thank you for not doing it on your own again. Thank you for not trying to gut it out. And we can, I can just make it. You know, Ashley and I were talking about uh, uh, tendencies and, uh, you know, some of it personal tendencies and some for being like firstborns. Like we're both firstborns. I know I said this probably a couple of weeks ago, but it is so much like a revelation is like the 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 understanding of, of, of a firstborn child is I'll figure it out. I'm not going to call mommy and daddy. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to I'm just going to figure it out, you know, and that's what you do your whole life, because partly, I think, because when your parents are raising you, they're trying to figure it out and they don't have it figured out. And so you got to figure all this stuff out. You're like, boy, this parent is really green. They don't know what in the world they're doing. (laughs) So I better figure something out on my own. (laughs) And then you get to the baby and the parents have figured something out. The baby says, you do everything for me. Okay. anyway, moving on from (laughs) Isn't that how life works? Everybody just does everything for me. And then for you in the middle, you're out of luck. Sorry. (laughs) Got lost in the transition there, period, right? It's true. It's not even intentional by us parents. We're like, I don't even know how that happened. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So good. Okay. God is good. Hey, we're going to keep talking about worship today, and I'm going to have some of my helpers hand out. If you want notes, then need some of my helpers to hand out these notes. If you would like to have notes, then you know, if you weren't here the last two weeks, um, Ashley, two weeks ago, uh, talked about the weapon of worship and, and using the weapons that God gives us in praise and, and worship. 
And then last week, if you missed it, which I know is a holiday weekend, and many of you did, but uh, Pastor Jerry brought his first word to us uh, and talked about intercession and praying for others and being present in their lives. And when you can't be present, then you're praying and God's presence is released in their lives. Uh, So I encourage you to listen to those messages, however you listen to them, online or on Facebook or if it happens to luckily make it on YouTube, uh, however, however you, you would so desire. But we're going to continue on on worship today. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about some expressions of worship, the biblical expressions of worship. Um, we've had an encounter with, with the Lord today, and now we're going to just dig in and get some, get some word into us. And so we're going we're gonna to read a lot of scriptures today. But I'm going to start in Revelation 19. So if you have your Bible, turn in your Bible to Revelation chapter 19. Almost at the end, if, if you're not familiar with the Bible, Revelation is the last book, and 19 is like two chapters or three chapters before the end, and uh, so just turn to the back. But what, I'm, what I want to get from this is the book of Revelation, first of all, is a book, first of all, not of the end times, it's a book of worship. Sometimes we go to the book of Revelation, we're like, what's going to happen in the end times? Uh, here's what's going to happen in the end times. Jesus is going to be worshipped. That's what it's about. That's what the book of Revelation is about. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of who he is and what he's doing and ultimately what's going to happen in his kingdom. It's not about trying to figure out, is this this sign or is this the, the, the scroll or the seal or is this... Is he coming before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, after the tribulation? Is there a millennium? Is there not? All these different questions that we've debated over the centuries. But the point of Revelation is this. Everyone is going to worship Jesus. And Jesus is going to be honored and glorified and lifted up. And we're going to stand in awe for all eternity. And we're going to be amazed. And we're not going to get bored. And there's not going to be a song we don't like. It's going to be amazing. Because we're going to be in the very presence of God. And we're going to see more of who He is. And every time we get a glimpse of Him, we fall down again. Just like the elders, it says they, they, they lift up their eyes and then they see Jesus. They see the Father on the throne again. And they fall down again and they worship over and over again. So Revelation is about worship. And I, I, I just want to start here because this is, this is really near the end. This is what happens at the end. And I, I, I really feel like this is just some encouragement here. So it says this, and you, you might take a second to get with it. So, so hang with me for a second. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word as we read all these scriptures today. And so this is near the end and where God is, he is declaring judgment over you know, the enemy and all these the false prophet and all these things. And it says, after this, verse 1, after this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting. They weren't singing, they were shouting. Hallelujah! I was hoping you might do it with me, actually, but um, it didn't work out. (laughs) One, two, three. Hallelujah! Salvation! They're still shouting this, by the way. I'm not asking you to shout all this, okay? Do it on your own at home, okay? Salvation and glory and power belongs to our God. For true and just are His judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He's avenged on her the blood of His servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! 
The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen. Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, not singing, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright And clean was given for her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who invited to the wedding supper. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For it's by the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Or the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So here's the one thought I want to get from this. There's some interesting things in there that I'm not going to go into. But first of all is this. At the end of all things, we will praise God for God declaring judgment on all his enemies. So everything wrong in this world and Ultimately, the one who's the source of everything wrong, who is leading everybody astray, the enemy and and all of his followers, there will be a time where there is a final judgment. So when you find yourself getting all worked up right now about everything that's going on in our world or in our country or in your life or whatever's going on, know this, every wrong will be made right. Justice will be served, but it's not from you. It's not from you. It's not from us. It's not from the government. It's not from the church. It's not anybody else. It belongs to God alone. I mean, Jesus, we've been studying John on Wednesday nights. When Jesus showed up on earth, he said, look, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. So right now, we're we're in the season of what? Saving. So every single person that you think is your enemy, no, it's an invitation for salvation in their life. Not judgment. You know, uh, yesterday we remembered the 20 years ago was September 11, 2001. Uh, Some of you weren't born in here, but um, most of us, we all know where we were on September 11th when we first heard I was at work. And we were in a call center and, you know, we were taking calls for Medicaid uh, recipients uh, for customer service. And I was a supervisor and I'm listening in on my calls of the other, my workers to make sure they're not messing up. And that was my job. Great job for me. Um, Pick out what's wrong with you. Um, And so I was listening in. And so we started hearing all these things and these people are telling us what they're watching on TV or they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? This is going on. Like we're no longer in customer service now. We're just like on the grapevine um, and just receiving the news. But we're like, we're we're just, we're sitting there working and it, you know, I got employees of course, you know, ones under me are like, I'm going to go home. I'm like, no, you aren't. You're not going home. There's no reason to go home. (laughs) 
you know, just, just relax right now. Just, just calm down. Uh, but we all know where we were uh, and what happened. And I still remember this, too, uh, is that following Sunday, I was not the pastor. I was not the senior pastor. I was the youth pastor or some associate. And I, for some reason, I was scheduled to preach that next Sunday. Can you believe that, Jerry? <laughs> Crazy. And so, and I don't know if my pastor was gone or whatever, but he still was like, it was my job to preach the next Sunday after September 11th. I'm like, what are, what's wrong with you, man? I'm 24 years old. I mean, you know, I'm standing up after 9-11. No offense to 24-year-olds, but I'm now aware on the other side of what 24 is. And so, (laughs) I... (laughs) It was kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to preach on? Now, the, the great thing is this. We were just preaching through Ephesians. So my topic was, my section was assigned. <laughs> Didn't have to figure out what I was going to preach for. And guess what, the, guess what the topic was? Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. So I preached that message the Sunday after September 11th. You know, I saw uh, sometime this week, it it could have been yesterday, that somebody posted online uh, a picture of like a Bible that was uh, like imprinted somewhere in the wreckage or rubble of of the the Twin Towers. And it was open to uh, Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. You know where Jesus says this, you know, love your enemies. You've heard it was said, hate your enemies, but, but, I, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Whoa, that's amazing. God was speaking a word to us right then that once again, we're not declaring judgment on anybody. We're declaring salvation. So anyway, this is totally like free, but know that part of worship Part of worship is understanding and acknowledging the authority and the greatness of God that He is working things all out according to His plan and everything will be made right. And so I submit my heart in worship to His purposes and His desires, not taking them into my own hands, not taking judgment or revenge or hatred or, you know, casting anything on anyone else. That's why he invites us, hey, forgive as I've forgiven you because you have no right to judge anybody else. Doesn't matter what they've done. Doesn't matter what's going on. You have no right. And if you want to align yourself up with a different kingdom, that's what you have to do to be to hold unforgiveness. He says, no, my kingdom is a kingdom of love. My kingdom is a kingdom of mercy. Yes, there is a time clock. But I'm holding the clock and I decide when it's done. And what you get to do now is bless. You get to love your enemies. You get to pray for those who persecute you. Maybe we're going to get to experience that in the United States like we've never done before. It's in the Bible, right? It's hard. And to say it was easy, if you really follow the Bible, it's kind of actually difficult. Have you noticed that? If you just pick out what you want, it's really easy. If you just go around and like, this is my favorite one, you know, like God will bless you and oh, the abundance of, you know, all this stuff. And that's in there. You, I, but we have to have it all. We can't just pick out the part we like and say, this is, I, this is the part I want right now. It's like, no, we have, to, we have to take it all. 
And so God is still in the middle of all the turmoil in our world saying, guess what? I'm declaring salvation over my enemies, not judgment. That's the heart of God. I've got to align myself with the heart of the king. Because if I align myself with someone else, then I am not being a part of what he's doing. And I don't want to I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. I, I want to want to be about just what I'm doing or, you know, he's he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> da, da, it's an old song. Uh, there's several old songs uh, about that. So but part of worship here, you see, is part of worship is just this place of victory, this place of of honor, this place of sovereignty where God is is worshipped. And also, it's like a longing. It's like worship is like a a declaration of, yes, I believe that's true. Yes, I believe God's going to make everything right. Yes, I believe at one point all things will be made new. Yes, I believe that all, you know, that justice will be served. I believe that the devil will end up in hell forever. He's not in hell right now. But also part of worship is a longing and an ushering in of a celebration. Because what's the second part? The first part was about judgment. And the second part was this. Uh, there's an amazing feast. The wedding marriage supper of the Lamb. The wedding feast of the Lamb. And there's worship going on because of that. And so part of our worship is really future oriented. To get our get ourselves focused on eternity, not just now. Worship takes you out of just being stuck in the present and allows you to see into the future and receive the perspective of eternity in your present time. Because you read the last few chapters, I just got, got to let you know, Jesus wins. Not love wins, Jesus wins. I know God is love, but there's a difference between love winning and Jesus winning. That was good, all right. We're going to have to quickly go through the rest of this, I believe. <laughs> so... What I want to do for the next couple minutes is just give you some tools to use with your weapon of praise and worship. Because you, you have a weapon and God wants you to use it. He wants you to know how to use it. You know, God gives us tools and gifts and things, but he wants us not to just figure it out like the oldest child does. Because God is not a parent like most of us. He actually will lead us and show us all the things and not make us figure it out. I'm not, there's no forgiveness issues with my parents. I just want you to know that. I don't think for Ashley's either, but you can ask her. Um, (laughs) we're, We're all good, okay? But I want you to have some tools. And I actually, part of this teaching I did a long time ago. And so if you've been here long enough, you're like, you might recognize it. You probably won't because you're like, I've heard 170, 250 sermons from you. I don't remember most of them. Um, but when we look at biblical expressions of worship, this is how we use the weapon that God has given us. He's given us a tool and to bring freedom in our lives and to release 
you know, the presence of God, not only in situations, but to release the presence of God and, and the, the perspective of God in our lives. So we're going to do, I'm going to do this quickly. If you have your note sheet, we're going to go right through this, and we're just going to look at the biblical expressions of worship. Number one is, well, first of all, number point zero one is this. All worship is led by the Spirit of God. Just as we, I, I, we looked at a couple weeks ago from Ephesians 5, that Worship is initiated by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is always initiating worship, and we are led by the Spirit to worship God. And so we get to follow Him in His expressions. Who wrote the Bible? Well, it says men who were moved by the Spirit wrote down the Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit was part of writing down the Scriptures. And we have a great book right in the, almost in the middle of our Bibles called the Book of Psalms which is a beautiful expression of how to worship God, of what it looks like to worship Him. And the the book of Psalms is so amazing because even though it's in the Old Testament, it has a New Testament perspective so many times. It like, and in fact, in prophecies about Jesus, Psalms is one of the most quoted books about the prophecies of the coming Messiah. So actually, Psalms with Isaiah would be the two key books in the Old Testament that most are like the New Testament, that are most talking about Jesus. Because that's where everything in history was trying to get to, to get to Jesus. So, number one is this. These, so I encourage you, some of us, these are familiar to you. Yeah, I'm almost going to get to one. Psych, let's start on 12. <laughs> Just call out a number. I'm going to give you the answer, okay? Some of you are like, I can't leave. <laughs> I'm not, I actually, what was it? Oh, Pastor Dallas at the men's retreat, he says he always stops in the middle of his message and says, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> Wait, Pastor, you weren't done. I know. <laughs> so thanks, Dallas. Um, so let's just get to number one. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Number one, I, singing. <laughs> Psalm 9 and 11. Let's look at that together. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he's done. All over the Bible, it says, sing, 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 sing. In the New Testament, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Ephesians 5. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. This one we're really familiar with, especially if we attend a church gathering, right? We're used to singing. So, number two, shouting. This one we're not as familiar with, depending on what type of church we're from. If you grew up in a spirit-filled church, then you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. If you didn't grow up in a spirit-filled church and somebody shouts in the, in the church gathering, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> so weird. Like, it's not weird at a football game, right, when you shout. Nobody, nobody cares if you shout at a football game, right? It's like you, sh- you shout with the people. You're like, ah, and you just start shouting to each other, right? I mean, because you're, like, all riled up about something. Shout. What is Psalm 47? Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with a voice. What does it say? With with cries of joy or voice of triumph, whatever translation uh, that I put in there. Um, Shouting. My encouragement to you in this with all these is try something new sometime. If you've never shouted, do it. Try it out. Try it by yourself. You don't have to do it here. If, if that's a hindrance, fine. If you shout here, no one's, everyone's going to be happy. They're not going to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Jerry just shouted. 
<laughs> I mean, the guests that come in are like, whoa, that person just shouted. I get that. But most of the rest of us are like, oh, awesome. That is so good. What is it in the book of Revelation? We just read it says they didn't sing. They were shouting like it was a declaration like, yes. Some of you were shouting at the TV on on Thursday night, I heard. So uh, (laughs) Cowboys game, son. Number three, lifting hands. Psalm 63 says this, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. That one's pretty familiar to us here, but for some of us, we're like, I've never done that before. Do it. This is how the Bible says, this is how you worship God. Use the tools that he's given you. Use the weapon. Because sometimes engaging different parts of your body just does something in your soul. It does something to you because you're like... You're basically establishing the lordship of your spirit over your soul and your body. You're saying, look, no, we're going to submit to God. What's the order of of freedom? Submit to God, then resist the devil, then he will flee from you. You've got to start with the first thing, submit to God. Number four, clapping. We'll go back to that same scripture. Clap your hands, all you people. Shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Psalm 47, 1. There's other ones all throughout Scripture. Uh, sometimes it's just good to just clap your hands. You know, we're just, it's, it's weird if you do it on your own. Let, let me tell you. Right? When you're in a group and you're not first, because um, somebody has to be first, right? Most of us, we, we're not first. We, we wait. We're like, oh, we're going to all clap now. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we stopped. Shoot. <laughs> you don't want to be last or first, right? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. I don't know. But <laughs> sometimes you need to get on your own and clap and praise God. I'm going to worship God on my own. I'm going to declare his praise on my own. I don't need somebody else to clap first. I am clapping. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Try it on your own sometime. Might stir something up. God leads us with worship and praise. And there can be such a breakthrough when we do it. Number five. Dancing. (laughs) What does it say in the Bible? There's a lot of scriptures on dancing, actually. Let them praise his name with dancing. And make music to him with the timbrel and the harp. Some of y'all are like, I've never done that. Again, I encourage you to try it on your own because it's sometimes easy. If it's easier to do it in public, then go for it and do it in public first. I don't care. David danced before the Lord. And it said even his wife made fun of him. So even if your spouse is going to make fun of you, go ahead and dance. You don't have to be good at it. It doesn't say dance well. It doesn't say sing well. It doesn't say shout well. It doesn't say you, it doesn't say you have to be skilled at these things. Uh, dance. Try it. 
Sometimes something breaks free when you dance. Banners, number six. Waving banners before the Lord. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. You know, when, I go, when you go to a high school football game, no one's afraid to wave a banner, right? You got, you got the dudes. They're out running with the banners, right? You know, they're the ones that run, you know, and then the cheerleaders do all the flips, you know, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> sorry to make fun of you cheerleaders. I mean, sorry. Um, <clears throat> but it, you got a dude that's like running up, so it's like he's waving the flag, you know, and going all this. But then if we did that in a church gathering, some people, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> we have now, what kind of church did I get into? Well, you got into a Holy Spirit church. <laughs> uh, but that's one way that God says, hey, you can worship me like this. You can wave something for me. In the Old Testament, they had wave offerings. They would wave like the leg of an animal before God. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Lord, we're not in the Old Covenant. Like, we don't all show up with, like, <laughs> leg of leg. I don't know why I'm so goofy today, but <laughs> I just want you, maybe we just need the joy of the Lord here or something, but. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun, too. You're supposed to be free when you worship God. Like, let's just lose all the religious garbage and all the self uh, focused thing that hinders us from like being free for Jesus, that he is, he is worth everything we could give him. Number seven, bowing or kneeling. Come, let us worship and bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. Psalm 95, over and over again, there's all throughout worship. We just saw it in Revelation. It says they fell down and they, they worship. So, Definitely appropriate and one of the ways sometimes that we just need to respond to the Lord. And sometimes we just need to have options of like, well, I want to express myself to God some ways. In some ways, sometimes we we get down, we humble ourselves, we we get on our knees, we get on our face and we, we bow before Him. Number eight, instruments. This one does take a little skill. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Psalm 33, sing to Him a new song. This one does say play skillfully, okay? <laughs> and shout for joy. It doesn't say just do whatever you want. So I guess that's the only exception. We're just going with the Bible. <laughs> but you know what? Man, there's something. Look, this, and I understand not everybody can do this. That's, that's okay. I'm just giving you an option. But if you ever wanted to learn an instrument, learn an instrument. But do it for Jesus. Don't just do it for you. Don't just do it because, oh, that'd be cool if I could play the drums. We do need a drummer. <laughs> In fact, we can use everything okay, right now. So just free. If you've got a heart to worship God that's, and you're committed, then, hey, let's learn. But express, you can express yourself in worship without words. You can express yourself in music. It said that David... You know, that, that in the Old Testament, King Saul would call for David and he would just play. And it, the presence of God would come and bring peace to his soul at that moment. You know, there's something, there's something uh, amazing that happens uh, when we play an instrument 
unto the Lord. Number nine, and this one's a little bit of a stretch, but is art. In Exodus 31, uh, it says that the Holy Spirit empowered these two guys and they designed the amazing tabernacle and they sewed everything together. It was all an expression of what? What was the reason for the tabernacle? Worship. It was to worship God. This is where I, I check out right here on this one. There is, there, you know, I, I can do the music art, but then when you go to the paper or the, the paint or the anything else, then it, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for me. Do I, have I still done it? Yes. Because I want to express myself in different ways to God. I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to just try to express myself in a way and worship God. Number 10, singing in tongues or singing in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says this, What shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but also pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, but also sing with my understanding. What does it mean to sing in the Spirit? To sing in a language that you don't know, a heavenly language that you don't know. And this one is, if you're waiting for that gift to be released in your life, hey, just keep seeking the Lord and see, let, him, let Him release that in your life. But there is, there is something amazing that happens when you take a step of faith and you do this. It's good. The newer, the, the newer generation, I'm including myself in that, the up and coming, we, we sometimes have been shy about this. Back in the day when the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit was going in the, in the 70s and stuff, right? You just spontaneously sing in the Spirit, right, Greg? Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants us to have a Spirit-led gathering of people. We're being moved and led by the Spirit. We're not being scripted by an agenda by man. We're being led by the Holy Spirit Himself. And He is leading us to a place of worship and honor into, unto Jesus. And so we can do that all together. We can do that on our own. But it's beautiful because it's Spirit-led. And maybe singing in the Spirit could also include where you're just singing from your heart which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. In other words, sing your own song. Release your own worship to God. Let, let, Let something fresh come from your heart. Don't always be stuck with somebody else having to lead you. Uh, Worship is meant not to be led. It's meant, meant to be released from a heart of love. Number 11. See, we're going through this so quickly. Is standing... Second Chronicles twenty nineteen. Then some Levites from the Korth, all those people, I stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud voice. It says, you know, in Psalms, you know, to stand up and praise the Lord. And here, I don't want to, no condemnation on this one here. So just want to hear it. But there's no mention of sitting and worshiping God in the Bible. Now, when you get older, you just have to sit down. I get that. Okay, so let's let's not have a condemnation corner, but there's two ways to sit. One is you sit just because your body has to sit down. There's another way where you sit and you disengage from what God is doing. So if you need to sit because you're tired, sit. If you're going to sit because you're disengaged, no. You're not worshiping. God says, stand up and worship me. 
when someone important comes in here, I'm not going to use anybody now. I'm just saying an important person comes in, what do you do? You stand up. We, we honor them. And so it's the same with the Lord. We're just saying, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to start standing. I might end up on my face. I might have a response. Look, if you sit and you're responding to God, don't hear, don't hear something I'm not saying. Don't, don't hear condemnation. My point is, standing is a way to worship the Lord. Number 12, silence. Ooh. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Maybe right now, sometimes, rather than being loud, we need to be quiet. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing this. God's like, hey, did I put Habakkuk in there or no? Yes, let's read this one. So cool. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. You know, the book of Revelation, it actually records, it says all this amazing stuff happens and then there is silence in heaven for 30 minutes. Just, there was just an awe of God. And so sometimes you've got to practice silence. You know, this is, this is one of the things that in the, the early church fathers of disciplines of walking with God, they actually practice this, silence and solitude. In other words, just being by yourself and being quiet. Not trying to pray, not trying to do anything, just to sit and say, God, I'm just going to sit in your presence. Psalm 49, what does it say? Be still and know that I am God. I will, exa- I will be exalted among the nations. In other words, it's a, de- it's a declaration again of being submitted to the sovereignty and the lordship of, of God and trusting him, trusting him, not anyone else. So try it sometime. Wait for the Lord. You know, sometimes waiting is just you crying out to God, but sometimes maybe waiting is just saying, God, I'm just, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to ask anymore. I'm just going to be silent and know you've already heard me. You've, you've already heard my heart, God. I know we're supposed to ask and seek and knock and keep knocking and keep asking and seeking and seeking, but sometimes there's a point where God says, I've heard your prayer. And we just go, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be silent about that because I'm trusting you. It's not that I don't want it. It's not that I don't want to keep praying about it. It's just that I'm saying, no, I'm just resting in you. I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to, I'm going to believe it's not up to me. Because sometimes even in prayer, we think it, we believe it's up to us, right? It's like, it's our own strength doing it. And anytime, you know, it's the same thing. Dave led that response. Like we're trying to do it in our own strength over and over again. And God says, look, you've got to come to me. You've got to come to Jesus. It's not going to happen in your own strength. Just be quiet and let me do it. So, that's it. (laughs) Biblical expressions of worship. So I'm just, the whole point was to give you tools, give you ways of expressing. Is there other ways we could worship God? Certainly. When it's led by the Spirit, we have, we have the railway of worship. Spirit, truth. It's not anything goes. It's not whatever I want. It has to be led by the Spirit and line up with the truth of who God is. 
But if it's within that pathway, there's freedom. Because boundaries give us freedom. Boundaries give us freedom. And so we're going to have the Spirit, we're going to have the Word, we're going to have the Spirit and truth lead our worship, whether that's corporately or whether that's personally. Amen? So let's, let's stand and, and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just, we, just, we just thank you, first of all. We choose to submit ourselves, and we say you're God. All the things we want to change in the world and our world, we just say, you're the judge. You're the king. You're the master. You're the deliverer. You're the healer. And we trust you because you're good. So thank you, Lord, for... Lord, weights being lifted off of us of responsibility, that it's up to us. It's not up to us, it's up to you. And we're trusting you. We're, we're lining our hearts up with what you're doing. And Lord, when you tell us to do something, then we get to participate, we get to do it. But it's not up to us to, to make it happen. We get to trust you. We get to follow you. We get to step out in faith. But it's all because of you. And so, Lord, I just pray, too, that you, you would just increase our expression of worship to you, God, that we could fully express your goodness and your greatness and your glory and your salvation, Lord, in unique ways and see breakthrough personally. We can see breakthrough for others that we're, that we're interceding for, God, that we're praying for. Lord, however you lead us, we're going to follow you, Holy Spirit, into the freedom that you so desire for us as individuals and as a church, God. We just thank you, Lord, that we can continue to, to walk into freedom as the people of God, where everyone will know the truth and then the truth will set them free. Lord, we, want to see, we need freedom. We need freedom more than ever in our day. We need to walk in freedom and live in freedom and release freedom to others, God. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you still need prayer, we're going to have some of our leaders up here. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you still need healing in your body, um, we'll have a couple leaders up here and over here uh, and up front here. If you need prayer, don't go without getting prayer. Uh, but if not, then we will see you all soon. Uh, have a blessed day.